When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode four of season four of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Anne Southern started out in bit parts in films in the 1920s then moved to Broadway, then to movies in 1939 when she starred as Maisie Revere in a series of successful movies about that character. This led to the radio show The Adventures of Maisie from 1945 to 1947, and then from 1949 to 1952 in syndication. Maisie's catchphrase, Likewise, I'm Sure, became popular in the U.S. during the show's run. Life with Dexter was an Australian radio sitcom that ran from 1953 to the early 60s and starred Willie Fennell as bumbling head of household Dexter Dutton, his wife Jessie, and his children Janie and Ashley. The show was sponsored by Caldwell Savings Bank throughout its run and was extremely popular, also being broadcast in New Zealand and South Africa as well. Now sit back and enjoy the January 19, 1950 broadcast of The Adventures of Maisie and the episode Dexter's Insomnia from Life with Dexter. Hiya, babe. Say, how about... Ouch! Does that answer your question, buddy? The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. You all remember Metro-Golden-Mayer's famous Maisie picture. Now, in just a moment, you'll hear Maisie in radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen, Anne Southern. But first, your announcer. Southern as Maisie. Yep, I'm Maisie, like the man said. Maisie Revere. I was born in Brooklyn in 1900 and... Well, I was born in Brooklyn. You know, there's an old saying that clothes make the man. But I got a little story that proves that clothes also make the woman, if you know what I mean. It all started back in London, England. I'd gone over there with a musical review called Humpty Dumpty. Well, if you think Humpty Dumpty fell off a wall, you should have seen our flop. So there I was, stranded in London, and broke as usual. 
Luckily, I managed to get a job as a model at one of them hoity-toity dress saloons. Uh, I mean, salons that catered strictly to women born with silver spoons in their mouths. Well, one day, a couple of us mannequins were modeling gowns for one of them stuffy title dames. And uh, this, ladies five, is a creation of which Turnbull and Company is especially proud. I should like to call your ladyship's attention to the plunging neckline. I shouldn't think it would be necessary to call anyone's attention to the neckline, Mr. Turnbull. Plunging, indeed. Looks to me as if it were torpedoed. Remove it from my sight at once. Oh, but your ladyship, this is an exact replica of what has been worn in America. Mr. Turnbull, what is considered quite the thing in the colonies does not interest me in the least. Remember, I am an Englishwoman, not an Indian. And if you have nothing more suitable to show me, I'll oh, just... We do, your ladyship. We've just scads and scads and scads of the very latest, the very, very, very latest. Uh, next, please, next, please. Come on, come on, come on now. While the next model paraded in front of her royal hastiness, I peeked through the curtains to get a closer look. And this gown, your ladyship, we consider poetry. Sheer poetry. I consider it waste, sheer waste. Kindly remove it from my sight. <laughs> yes, your ladyship, at once. Nothing seemed to please this warmed-over Yorkshire pudding. Her reaction to each gown model was the same. One nostril went up like she was trying to smell something, and the other one looked like she had just smelled it. Too bad, too, because she was young and beautiful. Next, please. Miss Rivera. Her ladyship is waiting. Oh, coming, Mr. Tanville, coming. Ah, your ladyship. Here we have the very ultimate in gowns pour la danse. Chic, revealing, and uh, yet it uh, exercises a certain restraint. I should like to examine it a bit closer. Come here, girl. Oh, sure, Lady Smith. If you don't mind, girl, my name is not Smith. It is Lady Smythe. Oh, sorry, forgive me. I mean, forgive me, Lady Smythe. Miss Romare, if you don't mind, I believe her ladyship would like to see the back. Oh, right, though. There you are, Lady Smythe. Ah, oh, I see you are impressed. Nauseated is more descriptive of my reaction, Mr. Dunlop. Nauseated. That gown leaves hardly anything to the imagination. But your ladyship, after all, an evening gown is your... Is like a picket fence. It's supposed to protect the property and not obstruct the view. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, very well put, Miss Robert, very well indeed. Don't you think so, your ladyship? If you really want to know the vulgarity of this person herself... A little fur chapeau also comes with it. Yes, your ladyship, and it's just your type, too. Skunk. <gasps> well, I've never been so insulted in all my life. Well, maybe you should be, dearie, so you'll know how it feels to take it instead of just dishing it out. Miss Rivera, her ladyship is a customer here. I demand that this uncouth... Person be discharged at once. You do not have to demand, kiddo. I know I'm getting the gate, and I needed this job, too. But I also need my self-respect, too. Self-respect, indeed. And what would you Americans know about respect? Well, that cuts it. Now sit back and listen, Smitty. Mr. Turnbull, are you going to stand by and hear me insulted? Well, frankly, I hadn't planned on it, Your Ladyship. But now that you've mentioned it, I do believe I'd rather enjoy it. <laughs> Carry on, Miss Rivera. <laughs> aye, aye, chum. Mr. Turnbull, I will never purchase another thing in this shop. You never have, your ladyship. Well, I've never been talked to in this way in my life. 
In all circles. That's just the trouble with your circle. Ever since you were born, you've been traveling in one. What? You never gave anything. Just I... took what you thought was coming to you. In other words, you and your kind are just... Just... Parasites? Yes. Thank you, Mr. Turnbull. Well, keep at it, Miss Revere. You're doing quite well. Or, uh, as you say in America, you're uh, cooking with petrol. Hmm. Lady Smythe, I've been around quite a bit. I've seen a lot of this world. And when you really get down to it, the only difference between rich people and poor people is that rich people are only poor people with money. Are you quite finished, Miss Rivera? Quite. Thank you. Good day. Oh, oh. Well, I, I guess I might as well get off my soapbox, Mr. Turnbull. I'm, I'm sorry I ruined the sale for you. Not at all, Miss Rivera. I enjoyed the, uh, the ruining immensely. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to lay it on so thick, but... Oh, but if I may be permitted to make a comment, some of those things that you implied were quite true. But why you were haranguing Lady Smythe, Miss Rivera, I had an idea which I would like very much to discuss with you later. Later? Why not now? Oh, come, come. We can't possibly discuss it now. It's, it's five o'clock. It's, it's time for tea. Oh, yes. One mustn't miss tea, must one? Uh, would this table do, Monsieur Turnbull? Ideal, Henri, ideal. Uh, don't you think so, Miss Rivera? Well, um... Frankly, I'd feel less conspicuous in a corner someplace, Mr. Turnbull. Everybody seems to be staring at us right here in the center of the joint. I, I mean, restaurant. Well, that's exactly why I asked Henri to seat us here. You are, uh, constructed to, uh, attract the eye. This Henri. Ah, very certainement, monsieur. Oh, gracias, monsieur. Well, uh, now that we're seated, Miss Revere, shall we order first? First, um, Mr. Turnbull, I, I think I should set you straight before we go any further. Set me straight? I, I, I don't believe I understand, my dear. Well, I... Uh, pardon, would Monsieur and Mademoiselle care to order now? Well, Mademoiselle ain't finished yet. Mr. Turnbull, um, about these clothes I'm wearing. Beautiful, Miss Prevere, positively beautiful. The very finest ever created by Turnbull and Company. And on you, my dear, they're positively stunning. N'est-ce pas, Henri? Ah, tout à fait ravissant, mademoiselle. Oh, thank you. Uh, Miss Turnbull, I agreed to wear this outfit from your shop because you insisted on it. And, well, I'm grateful for a chance to wear nice things. I, I'm, I'm very grateful. Oh, come, 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 my dear. You really owe me nothing. Good. Now that that's cleared up, let's eat. Uh, well, I, I believe we shall order now, Henri. Would you care for a spot of tea, Miss Rivera? Oh, no. If it's all the same to you, I think I'd prefer a drip of coffee. Very well. One drip of coffee. I'll just have tea. Ah, oui, monsieur. Hmm. See, Mr. Turnbull. An outfit like this is one of the weaknesses of the weaker sex. <laughs> I wish I could always wear clothes like this. You can, Miss Rivera. That is what I want to talk to you about. Well... So long, Mr. Turnbull. Oh, no, no, please, Miss Ravel. No, don't be foolish. This may be a surprise to you, Sonny, but there are certain items that are not included in Lend-Lease. Miss Ravel, look at me. Do I seem like the kind of man that your, that your insinuation suggests? No, but 
Just because the tea kettle don't whistle don't mean that there ain't something cooking inside. Oh, Miss Revere, you are a very attractive woman. You wear clothes divinely. My clothes. Uh-huh. Now, when you entered this restaurant, you caused quite the effect that I had anticipated. The ladies here, they thought you were something other than a professional mannequin. Well, the ladies weren't the only ones who thought that. And the first thing that came into all those women's minds was, where did she get those clothes? That was the second thing that came into their minds. Miss Revere, how would you like to wear clothes like that always? Go to the most exclusive hotels and resorts and have more than enough money not to have to worry about tomorrow. Hmm. No strings? No strings. What's the gimmick? What do I have to do to win this British quiz program? Well, Miss Revere, since the war, barely enough customers have patronized my salon to pay the overhead. Mm -hmm. At one time, the rich came to my salon from all over England. Well, you can't expect that anymore, Mr. Turnbull. Now, the gasoline, I mean, petrol is racing. Even the rich can't afford to travel to Turnbull and Company. Exactly. But there is no reason why Turnbull and Company can't travel to the rich. Oh, you mean sort of a traveling salesman? No, a traveling saleswoman, Miss Revere. In other words, you. Me? <laughs> I never sold clothes in my life. You wouldn't have to sell. You just travel around at my expense to where the rich congregate. Oh, and all I have to do is casually mention where each garment I'm wearing is from and the price. Exactly. And oh. when the ladies notice how the eyes of their attentive swains and husbands wander from their drab selves to uh -huh. your, to your... Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. well, go on, Mr. Turnbull. I, I think I see what you mean. Well, uh, Vanity will find a way to get to my shop in London and to purchase replicas of the clothes that you have literally been modeling. Oh. And for this, I'll have all the things I ever wanted to wear. Yes. However, there's a... one slight catch. Well, this is where I came in. I mean, Miss Revere, frankly, many of the best families in England, they don't quite understand Americans. No. You're an actress, I know. I saw you, I saw the show you were in. Oh, so you were the one. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, if you would sort of act as if you were British. Oh. Well, well what do you think of this? Oh, how did you go, flute old Vino, Rocknoss? Just received word from home that Peter and Nathan were run down and killed by a tram. Well, who's the tennis? <laughs> good. <laughs> Very good. Well, Miss Revere, what do you say? Do you accept? Well, here's your tea, Monsieur Turnbull. And your coffee, Mamselle. So sorry to inconvenience you, old chap. But I should prefer tea. Tea? Is Mademoiselle changing her order? No, just my nationality. The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern, will continue in just a moment.
back to Maisie. Clark. Hey, Clark. Oh, yes, Lord Deveridge. I was just in the process of sorting the morning post. There's the usual letter for you, your lordship. From Lady Smythe, I presume. Uh, yes, sir. Tear it up. But uh, destroy it, sir. Oh, but 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 it's scented. Oh, the most exotic perfume. Very well, Clark. You may smell it a few more times and then tear it up. Oh, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Oh, My only purpose in coming to this dull resort was to escape the obvious marital net that untiring woman seems determined to draw me into. However, I really didn't come here to burden you with La Faire Smythe. Would you be kind enough to telephone the groom at the stables and ask him to saddle up that grey stallion, uh, Firefly? Like a good fellow, hmm? Firefly, your lordship? Isn't he a bit, uh, spirited? Quite. Certainly your social staff can conjure up some activities more blood-tingling than whist or pin the tail on the donkey. Oh, but your lordship, Kensington Lodge has always been a vacation resort for, uh, well, people of more advanced years. Perhaps. But if some of your aged guests don't do something besides just sitting around under trees, they're liable to take root. Oh, I'd give ten pounds right now if I could feast my eyes on an exciting, beautiful woman again. Porter, you'll be careful with my luggage. My entire wardrobe, consisting of 34 complete ensembles from Turnbull and Company, 326 Drury Lane, London, alterations made free, is in there. Clark, I owe you ten (gasps) pounds. Oh, she does seem quite attractive, your lordship. Quite. The American G.I.s had an expression that aptly described that particular type of attractiveness. I believe the phrase was... uh, I'll, uh, words to that effect. Oh, come, come, chaps. Kindly deposit my luggage at the desk and scamper out of my limousine and help my chauffeur and footman. I mean, feetman. I have two, you know. Do help them, will you? Yes, it wants, madam. Oh, thank you, madam. Oh, not at all, my good chap. Surely you've been given five-pound tips before. Five-pound tip, your lordship? She must be very wealthy, or American... Hard to tell what she is with that accent. Yes, set down my hat box here, boy. And be careful. It's just full of my new chateau. <laughs> I mean chapeau. Pardon me, your lordship. Uh, yes, madam, uh, what may we do for you? Oh, uh, good afternoon, clerk. My good friend, Mr. Turnbull of Turnbull and Company, creators of the very utterly art and feminine apparel, established in 1925, wired ahead, I do believe, for accommodations. Don't you know? Oh, oh uh, but of course, your grace. Oh, no. No, I'm Maisie, silly. Maisie Revere. I mean, yes, Lady Revere. If he failed to send the wire, I should be livid, but absolutely livid. Lady Revere? Oh, I do hope there's been no mistake, but but here's Mr. Turnbull's wire. Kindly book a suite for a Lady Maisie Revere. Oh, gee. The telegraph company left out a karma. It was supposed to say, book a suite for a lady, comma, Maisie Revere. I believe you dropped your glove, Lady Revere. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you very much. Uh, you were saying, Lady Revere, something about a comma, I believe. Oh, yes, yes. I, I was saying that should I like it here, I should be very glad to come again. <laughs> Didn't you know? Oh, I see. I'm quite I see. certain that you'll enjoy your stay here, Lady Revere. Um... Would you think it too presumptuous of me if I were to ask you to join me for tea? Well, aren't you the pushy one? I am not in the habit of partaking of tea with strangers, my good fellow. Oh. Well, I, um, I'm Lord Anthony Deverish, Lady Revere. Oh. Well, now that we've been introduced, I suppose it's all right. Well, that 
Very charming of you. Uh, shall we say out on the terrace? Um, about 4.30-ish? Oh, well, I'm, I'm practically parched, Lord Deveridge. Could we perchance make that 3.30-ish? <laughs> delighted, my dear girl, delighted. I merely suggested a later hour to give you ample time to uh, shower or tub. Oh, well, I'm much too, too parched to shower or tub. I believe this time I shall just basin. Uh, yes. <laughs> basin. <laughs> you have a delightful sense of humor, Lady Riviera. I, I'm frightfully glad we've met. Frightfully. Oh, frightfully, don't you know. I just checked with the housekeeper, and I believe your suite is all ready for occupancy. I shall have your luggage brought up immediately. Oh, thank you, my good man. Here, this is for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you indeed. <laughs> I was just going upstairs to my suite to change. Lady Revere, uh, perhaps we can ride up together in the same lift, hmm? Oh, well, don't you think it might be safer in the elevator? Elevator? Mm. But, oh, isn't that the term used in America for, for a lift? Oh, yes. Now that you mention it, I'm afraid I've been going to too many of those cinemas made out there in the colonies. You know, where a girl meets a man one minute and... Yes, and then the, then the next minute he invites her to dine. Yes. Things just don't happen that way in real life. Why, sometimes he doesn't even know what she really is. How true. Mm. And then scarcely two minutes after they've met, the boy and the girl always subconsciously find themselves calling each other by their first names. Yes. So untrue to real life, what? Quite untrue. Yes. Well, I'll meet you at 3.30 for tea, Tony. And I'll be waiting impatiently, Maisie. Well, from the first moment Tony and me sipped our tea together, I knew I was a real gone gal. I forgot that I was just a clothes horse for Turnbull Company, because in the week that followed, Tony treated me like a thoroughbred. Maybe it was the tender way he lifted me onto my horse every time we went riding, and the gentle way he arranged the cushions on my chair after I came back. Maybe it was because for the first time in my life I was treated like a lady, not like just a dame. Oh, I tried to tell him the truth about me several times, but somehow the subject always got changed, or maybe I didn't try hard enough. Anyway, I remember one afternoon out in the terrace, I was having tea with Tony again. He didn't know it, but I was leaving the hotel that night. I'd wired Mr. Turnbull I was coming home and calling the whole arrangement off. Now, while I was sitting there at the table with Tony, I tried to think out the words to tell him that I was an all-American phony and hoped that maybe he would understand. Tea, Maisie? Hmm? Oh, you've been miles away. Don't you think it's time to come down to Earth? Yes, down to Earth. Tony. Yes, my dear? Tony, I... 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 Yes? Uh, I think I'll have a cup of tea. Oh, certainly, my dear. You know, you, you seem a bit pale this evening. This tea will brace you up and make you feel like another person. Well, that's exactly my trouble, Tony. Since I've met you, I actually do feel like another person. Oh, amazing. My darling, I... I was hoping that you thought that way, because, well, since I've met you... Oh, please, I... Tony, before you say anything, I'd, I'd like to ask you something. Oh, yes, madam. Anything your heart desires. Anything. Tony. Yes, madam. Would you... Would you... Yes? Uh, would you pass the lemon? Oh, certainly, my dear, here. <clears throat> then crump it? No, just squeeze it. Hmm? Yeah, um, Maisie, darling, are, are you sure that you're all right? Yes, Tony. I've got to tell you something that's been on my mind since 
That, that day. Then I have to tell you something too, Maisie. I've changed my mind about those boy and girl films that they make in Hollywood. Maisie, Please, Tony. Me first. Oh, yes, naturally, my dear. Ladies first, huh? Well, that's the trouble, Tony. I'm not a... Oh, hello, Tony. I do hope I'm not intruding. Pamela, where did you come from? In London, my dear chap. Just thought I'd drop by and claim my letters that you obviously haven't read. (coughs) Maisie, darling, what's happened? What in the world are you doing with that napkin over your face? The spoon. It stuck me in the eye when I drank my cup of tea. Oh, my poor darling. Look, perhaps I can help. Let me see you. Yes, my dear. I should like to see Tony's darling, too. Perhaps that will explain why you haven't replied to my letters. Oh, drink your friend away someplace and clap, Tony, and don't bother about me. The spoon isn't stuck in there very deep, you know. Oh, don't be ridiculous, my darling. I wouldn't want any infection to set in. There, now let Tony remove the napkin, hmm? There's a very good. There. I do hope it's nothing trivial. <gasps> you! Hello. Pamela, have you and Lady Revere met? Lady Revere? Tony, this girl is an imposter. Pamela, I know you're just a jealous cat, but I will not have you talk in that manner to my fiancé. Fiancé? Tony, are you insane? No, kiddo, I'm the cookie that's insane. But, Maisie, your accent. Is this some sort of a game? Or... Obviously, darling. A game of blind men's bluff. You were obviously the blind man. Yeah, and you just called my bluff. Shall I do the honors, Lady Smythe? Or would you like to tell Lord Deverich the sad story of Maisie Revere girl Schmo? Schmo? That, I believe, is a medican for stinker. Well, that's pretty close, honey. But if you don't mind, I'll take it from here. Very well, my dear. Tony, if you want me, and after this, this shop girl finishes her sordid tale, I imagine you will, I'll be at the airport. I'm flying back to London this afternoon. Goodbye. Goodbye, darling. Have a pleasant trip. And be careful that you don't fall off your broom. Maisie. Maisie, I just can't understand any of this. No. No, when when you're born with everything, I guess it ain't easy. What I've been trying to tell you all along, Lord Devridge, is that I'm just a sort of traveling clothes horse for Turnbull and Company. Oh, so that's the reason for the continual 326 Drury Lane London alterations made by Lil Waiting. <laughs> yeah. It was strictly business till I met you. And then, well, I guess the moon got in my eyes. Maisie, you remember those American films we've been talking about? Yeah. Boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy finds girl. Well, you found me. Believe me, brother, right now I'd like to get lost. Well, I don't want you to get lost, Maisie. There are other films, too, remember? Uh, rich Man Meets Shop Girl. Rich Man Falls for Shop Girl. Shop Girl goes back to shop. But Rich Man follows her, and they live happily ever after. Yeah. <laughs> oh, honey, you'd never sell that to an American producer. It's too commercial. Are you amazing? I, I mean, uh, it, it, it wasn't only money in my case. Hmm? Oh, no, it wasn't. Well, then. Uh, it wasn't only your rather extensive wardrobe, nor your physical beauty with me, either. Oh, I know what you're trying to say, Tony, and saying. But it won't work. Why not? Well, you're caviar, and me, I'm, I'm pickles. <laughs> well, pickles and caviar go rather well together when they're eaten. Yeah, but after a while, it can make you awful sick. I wouldn't mind. You won't mind that. No, Tony. We're from different worlds, and I just don't fit into yours. You're a lord, remember, and I'm not a lady. No, you're wrong, Maisie. 
You may not have that so-called blue blood in your veins, but you certainly are a lady. Just a moment, we shall return to the adventures of Maisie. Cinderella and her prince charming. Maybe some of you are saying that I should have married Tony. See what happened. That marriage is a wonderful institution. Well, maybe marriage is a wonderful institution. But Tony and me, we, we just didn't talk the same language. There's one thing I did learn, though. It's always better to tell the truth than lies. At least when you tell the truth, you don't have to remember what you said. Well, get along there, feet. London is miles away. You have just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. Maisie was written by Arthur Phillips. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Supporting cast included Lorene Tuttle, Ramsey Hill, Ben Wright, Marvin Miller, and Alec Hartford. Jack McCoy speaking. Savings Bank of Australia, the bank for all the family. Pace Pleasant presenting the show for all the family. Life with Dexter. Just a rainy day. Be sure to save the friendly Commonwealth way. So listen to this advice and start right today to bank Commonwealth Save. Commonwealth Bank. Commonwealth now. Dexter Dutton is usually one of the best eaters and sleepers there is. He can eat anything at any time and sleep at the drop of a hat. However, there was a time when Dexter actually had a session of insomnia. And it wasn't ordinary insomnia either because he only suffered from it on Saturday nights. Now, let me tell you about last Saturday night. In fact, I'll tell you about what happened from 3 o'clock in the afternoon when Clara called in to see Jessie. 
I just thought I'd pop in and see if I could help you with anything for this evening. Oh, no, Claire, there's nothing really. When you and Kimberly are coming to dinner, it's no trouble at all. I'm just going to cook a simple roast, that's all. Oh, darling, your roasts are delicious. Remember this, though, Jessie. The picnic we're all going on tomorrow is my baby entirely. The Wilmots are dining with you tonight, but tomorrow the Duttons are picnicking with us. Oh, thank you, Clara. Oh, dear. I only hope I get enough sleep tonight to feel like a picnic tomorrow. Enough sleep? Jessie, dear, what's on your mind? Oh, what's bothering you? Well, Clara, I've never told you this before, but for the past four weeks, my husband's been suffering from Saturday night insomnia. Saturday night water? Well, one Saturday night a month ago, Dexter couldn't get to sleep all night, and every Saturday night since, it's become a sort of a... Well, a sort of an understood thing that he's going to lie awake till Sunday morning, and he does. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's not very nice for Dexter, but uh, it shouldn't cause you to lose your sleep, Jessie. Shouldn't cause... Oh, Clara. Look, when Dexter suffers from anything, everyone else has to suffer with him. Yesterday, you know what? He cut his finger with a knife, and his pain, well, it was nothing compared with what we had to suffer listening to the agonizing moans and groans. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I know what you mean, dear. All men are like that. Kimberly fell down our back steps one day, <laughs> and he wasn't happy until he'd made me fall down them, too. <laughs> you don't mean he, he got up and then pushed you down? Oh, no, Jessie, dear, no. I fell down them from laughing too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, Clara, wives should never laugh at their husbands. They don't like it. I know, dear, but how can we help it? Men are such funny-looking things. Yes. Dexter <laughs> doesn't look funny to me when he's lying awake and keeping me awake every Saturday night. Does your husband ever suffer from insomnia? Never, Jessie, never. Kimberly sleeps like a great big log. But then why shouldn't he? That's what he is. KG, I, I, I was wondering, after we all have dinner tonight and after the women and children have gone to bed, would you care to join me in a game of two-handed rummy? Well, I don't know. I suppose we could play for an hour or so. I don't mean for an hour or so. I mean all night. All night? Are you crazy? Why should we play two-handed rummy all night? Well, because it's Saturday night and I must have something to do and someone to talk to. Why don't you try sleeping? Then you can talk to yourself and not have to listen. <laughs> oh, you, you don't understand at all. This is Saturday and I haven't had a wink of sleep on a Saturday night for the past four weeks. I thought you knew how I suffer from Saturday night insomnia. No, I didn't know that. But ever since you've worked for me, I've known you suffered from Monday to Friday sleeping sickness. And this is serious. It's no joking matter. Tonight, I just know I won't get one minute's rest. I'll lie awake throughout the whole night. It seems to me you're forcing this on yourself. You've made up your mind you're going to have insomnia, so you'll have it. It's happened four weeks in a row, so why not tonight? That's defeatism, if ever I heard it. You should use the art of mind over matter. Mind over matter. Oh, may maybe I could if I tried. On second thoughts, you might be wasting your time. <laughs> You've got plenty of matter, but what are you going to put over us? <laughs> Look, Dexter, why is it you don't sleep Saturdays and yet you sleep the rest of the week? I haven't got a clue. Other nights I can sleep soundly from 9 o'clock till 7.30 in the morning. 9 till 7.30? Well, that's enough to make up for missing one night. In fact, with that sleep, you could miss four nights a week. I appreciate my sleep, and I need every bit of it. 
Busy men like you and me really need our sleep. We don't need ten and a half hours. We're not growing boys. You are. You're still growing sideways. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Oh, hi there. Hi, Mr. Wilmot. What's cooking? I'm cooking at the moment over your father's strange sense of humour. Oh, you get used to it when you've lived with it as long as I have. <laughs> oh, listen, Dad, Compost and I have been giving some thought to this Saturday insomnia of yours. Oh, have you now? Mm-hmm. And we've come to the conclusion there must be a good reason why you don't sleep Saturday nights and yet you sleep other nights. Look, there's no good reason. Maybe the children are right. Ashley, have you any theories to offer? Sure, I've got two. One is that on Saturdays, Dad usually sits around all day and does nothing. He's not active. You can eliminate that one. All week he sits around and does nothing at the office. <laughs> that isn't true, KG, and you know it. You keep harping on oh, it. Oh, I'm sorry. I was only trying out some of your corny humour. All right, we'll grant the fact that Dexter isn't as active on Saturdays as other days. What's the second theory? Well, the second is that Dad always eats too much for dinner every Saturday night. I do not. I'm a very small eater at all times. I eat like a bird. Oh, yes, I've seen you. The bird's a vulture. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Dexter, do you recall what you had last Saturday evening for dinner? No, no, I don't, but it wasn't much because, well, I'm just a normal eater. Normal for a lion, but not for a man. <laughs> now, I remember what Dad ate last week on account of Mum cooked a big steak and kidney pie, and that's Dad's favourite. He had three helpings of the pie, and then... I did no such thing. I distinctly remember now I only had two helpings of pie. Well, I'm sorry to contradict, Dad, but I remember you having three helpings of something. It was three helpings of soup before the pie. Oh. <laughs> yep, that's right. Dad had three helpings of soup, followed by two large serves of steak and kidney pie with loads of mashed potatoes, green peas, and cauliflower with white sauce. But I only had one bowl of side salad. I am frightened to ask this, but did he top it off with any sweets? Yeah, now, what were they? All I had was two tiny helpings of suet pudding with honey. Yep, that was it. But the helpings weren't so tiny, Dad, because I remember you saying there wasn't room on your plate for the ice cream. The ice cream? (laughs) I happen to like suet pudding topped off with a dob or two of ice cream. Ashley, is that all your father had for his dinner? Yes, it is. Unless you want to count a few measly cracker biscuits and cheese. I was rather intrigued the other day at something I heard at the Commonwealth Savings Bank. Two men were talking in the bank, and one said, Why is it you save so regularly, Ted? And Ted replied, I save because he gives me more mileage for my money. Now, the other man looked bewildered, so Ted went on. What I mean is, it makes my money go further. I've always got money in my Conwell Savings Bank account to buy what I need. I can always buy for cash, and I find I get many a bargain that way. In addition, I get interest on my savings, so you see, I get it every way. And my money does go further. And the last I saw the other chap was when he walked over to open a new account. And if you want to get more mileage out of your money... You, too, should open a Commonwealth Savings Bank account. Visit the bank next payday, and from then on week by week, Bank Commonwealth. Oh, come on, everyone. Let's sit up and have this while it's hot. Dexter, will you start calming... Where is Dexter? 
Oh, our dad should be back any minute. We sent him out for a constitutional. We made him go for a run to the shopping centre and back. He left here at 6.12. We told him to move at the rate of five miles an hour, so he should come through the front door at uh, 6.27. Another few minutes. Kimberly, what is all this about? I don't understand. Mummy, we're making sure Daddy doesn't stay awake all night tonight. Oh, I see. You're trying to make him tired. No, we sure are. An hour ago, Mr. Wilmot made Dad dig a huge hole in his backyard. Good gracious. But what's the hole for? Nothing. As soon as Dexter dug it deep enough, I made him fill it in again. Well, if Daddy doesn't sleep tonight, it won't be our fault. No, sir. Jesse, you should have seen your husband skipping before he dug the hole. You had him skipping, too? Four hundred ordinary skips plus three hundred peppers. Oh, dear. The poor man. Dad hadn't even got his win from skipping when Mr. Wilmot made him start on the hole. Oh, it's a wonder Dexter didn't jump in the hole and ask you to fill it in. (sighs) Clara, if all this makes Dexter have a sound night's sleep, I'll be forever grateful to your husband. Anyhow, let's commence dinner before it gets cold. Oh, now, Kimberly, you can carve the roast for Jesse, dear, and serve the vegetables. Yes, dear. All right, pass your plates, everyone. Oh, thank you. The marathon sprinter should be here any minute, but it's no good letting this beautiful beef go cold. Oh, Jesse, dear. This is one of the nicest pieces of beef I've ever tasted. Mm. I really must change to your butcher. I can't understand what's keeping Dad. Oh, he should be back by now. He's probably waving his thumb somewhere trying to hitchhike. (laughs) Uh, help, help, help me, somebody. Oh, please. I'm finished. It's the end. Oh, Dexter, don't oh. talk rot. Sit down and have your dinner. Oh. What happened? I ran all the way to the shopping centre. Hundreds of miles of this. Slightly over half a mile, to be exact. Oh, don't <laughs> split hairs. I ran all the way there and then started back, and that's when I got a stitch in my side and a cramp in my leg. Never mind, Dexter. It's all for your own good. Now, let me serve you some dinner. Oh, so yeah. Well, thanks. I'm starved. There we are. That should curb the appetite. Yeah, well... What... What is that supposed... Where's my dinner? That is your dinner. And you'll find it a delicious piece of beef. How can I find it anything when I can't see it? (laughs) Jesse, will you make KG stop joking and give me some dinner? Now, Dexter, we all agree that it could be overeating that's giving you this Saturday night insomnia. Overeating? If I ate this, including the plate, knife, and fork, I'd still be under-eating. Now, look, if you don't mind, KG, I'll have four or five thick slices of meat with several potatoes and masses of vegetables. You'll have what you've got in front of you and like it. I'm making absolutely sure that tonight you sleep as you've never slept before. If I do, it'll be one big sleep. I'm sure to die of malnutrition. Jesse, are you asleep? Dexter, you've asked me that four times in the last half hour, and I've told you four times, yes, I'm sound asleep. I, I'm sorry, dear, but it's only that I feel so badly keeping you awake. Maybe I should go downstairs onto the couch. Well, there's no need for that. If you'll just stop talking and try to get some sleep. I have tried. It's no good. I know I'm not going to get a wink of rest. Look, you will if you stop thinking about it. See if you can make your mind a complete blank. For you, it shouldn't be difficult. (laughs) There's no need to be sarcastic at a time like this. Not getting to sleep is no joking matter. Don't I know it. Dexter, you thought about trying the old cure of counting sheep? No, I... Well, I suppose it's an idea. 
I'll start counting right now. Oh, you do that, dear. Good night. Oh. Good night, dear. I'll let you know if it works. Uh, uh, I've got to concentrate on nothing but sheep jumping a fence. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, Jesse, it's starting to work already. I'm getting sleepy. Mm, that's fine. Keep counting. Yeah, uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve. Twit. Twit. Oh, Dexter, what is it? Number 12's got his leg caught in the fence. <laughs> Look, dear, on second thoughts, it might be better if you do sleep downstairs on the couch. I'm so tired, I've got to have some rest. Very well. I'll, I'll go downstairs and count sheep. The last thing I want to do is keep you awake, dear. Your getting to sleep is my first consideration. Yes, thank you, dear. See you in the morning. I'll see you in the morning. Night, Jessie. Night, dear. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Sorry, dear. Where will I get a spare blanket? Oh. In the whole cupboard. Oh, yeah. All right. Night now. Night, Dexter. Jesse, are the sheets with the blankets? Huh? Oh, yes, dear. Oh, that's all. Well, good night, dear. Good night. Oh, what a night. I'm awfully sorry, Jesse. Oh, Dexter, what is it? My pillow. Do you mind if I take my own pillow? Take everything, but please take yourself downstairs. Well, I'm going right now. I'm more likely to sleep downstairs because I won't be concerned about you losing your rest. The last thing I want... I know, dear. The last thing you want is to keep me awake. Good night. Twenty-seven Twenty-seven thousand four hundred and sixty-six. Thirty-one thousand two hundred and seven. Thirty-one thousand. Oh, it's this is useless. I'm never going to get to sleep this way. The last two thousand sheep I've counted have gone to sleep, but I haven't. Oh, three o'clock and I'm wider awake than I was before I came downstairs. Oh, if only I had someone to talk to. I've got that feeling of depression. I'll go mad if I don't have someone to talk to. Hey, there's a light on next door in KG's bedroom. Oh, what a stroke of luck. He, he must be suffering from insomnia, too. I'll call him up on the phone. Oh, he can't be mad with me after what he did to me this evening. Well, well, come on, answer your phone. You must be awake. Your light's on. Uh, who is it? Uh, it's me, Dexter. I'm sorry to be ringing you at this hour of the morning, KG, but I, I knew you must be awake. You are awake. Why, you stupid fathead. What do you think you're doing? I was sound asleep. I mean, you couldn't have been. I wouldn't have phoned if I thought you were asleep. I was dead to the world. You just interrupted me doing a hula dance with Grace Kelly. <laughs> oh, but, but, but your bedroom light was on. 
In fact, it's it's still on. That isn't my bedroom light, lame brain. It's the bathroom, and I couldn't care less whether I left it on or off. What do you want? And it had better be to tell me my house is on fire. No, KG, it's only my insomnia. I can't get to sleep. Listen, brother. If I were in there, you'd get some sleep. <laughs> I'd put you off with the first heavy object I could lay my hands on. KG, please don't be mad with me. I've been wide awake ever since you and Clara left here this evening. It's now after three o'clock, and if I don't have someone to talk to, I'm, I'm likely to go crazy. You mean you're likely to go a little crazier than usual? What do you expect me to do, sit up till daylight with this phone in my hand? Oh, I was hoping you might come in here and we'll sit and chat or play cards. Oh, won't that be ducky? <laughs> yeah, or you could rake out Ashley's train set and we'll play chuchuts. <laughs> Oh, please, KG, won't you come in? If only for an hour. All right, all right. I'll sneak out of that waking Claire and see you in a couple of minutes. But you're a great big turkey. Oh, thank you, KG. Thank you very much. And, and really and truly, I'm sorry for waking you. I'm terribly sorry. Don't be sorry about that. Think nothing of it. I have to get up to answer the phone anyway. <laughs> Will you wake up? Come, boss, wake up. No. Ashley, what is it? Keep your voice down. I don't want to wake Mum or Dad, but I think there's a burglar downstairs. A burglar? Yes. Mum and Dad must be sound asleep, and it's the first sleep they've had on a Saturday for ages. Now, you and I can handle this burglar and maybe get our names in the paper. Oh, Ashley, how'd you know it's a burglar? A while ago, I heard some creeping round our side passage, and when I looked out my window, I saw someone nicking in the back door. Now, I locked that door myself tonight, so it must be a burglar with a skeleton key. Well, what can we do? We'll have to wait, Daddy. We will not. Now, I've got Dad's rifle, and it's loaded. If we both sneak quietly downstairs, I can hold them at gunpoint while you phone the police. And you expect Mummy and Daddy to sleep through all this? Well, they might. I think what heroes will be. I've always wanted to be a hero, and this is my chance. <clears throat> Wouldn't you like to be a hero? I'd rather like to be alive. Oh, Ashley, I don't know. Well, maybe if you go ahead with the gun, and I'll follow well behind you. Good on you, sis. Now, hop out of bed quickly and get into a gown or something. We'll have these characters bailed up and carted off by the police, and the family might know it. Surely you must be tired by now. Just another few hands. I might start to feel drowsy then. Okay, Buster, reach for the screw. Oh, Daddy! Dad, Mr. Wilmore. Ashley, well, what's the meaning of this? Oh, he thought you were burglars. Burglars? Oh, gee, Dad, I heard noises and saw someone come in our back door. I thought you were sound asleep upstairs. Ashley, would you do me a favour? Let me have that rifle for a moment. Okay, but what for? I just want to try out a little experiment. There must be some way to make your father sleep. <laughs> As we now know, it wasn't necessary for Janie and Ashley to deal with the burglar. But the main consideration is they were ready to face up to their responsibilities had they been called upon. And I think that is typical of most young people today. They have a common-sense approach to life and are ready to face facts. 
That is why thousands and thousands of young people who have just started work have opened Commonwealth Savings Bank accounts in the past few weeks. These young people realize that if they are to achieve their ambitions, they'll need money. Not just the small sums of money, such as they get each week in their pay envelopes, but the big money they'd accumulate by saving in the Commonwealth Savings Bank. Most young people realize that they haven't much time to save because once they turn 20, their most expensive time begins. It is then they want to get married or buy a car, go for a trip abroad or set up in business, or do something else that costs real money. So if there are any young wage earners who have not yet opened a Commonwealth Savings Bank account, see about it next payday. And from then on, week by week, Bank Commonwealth. Ashley, you must put down a card before you pick one up. Oh, Dad, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so tired. Oh, so am I. You children should complain. I've been here with your father since three o'clock. But the point is, it's now after four, and it's silly for anyone to think of going back to bed. The sun will be up before you know it. Yes, and I'm one son who wishes he'd never got up. <laughs> Next up, it's your go. Put out a card. Well, do you think maybe we've played enough rummy? Here, here. That's the most intelligent thing you've said. No more rummy. Let's play snakes and ladders instead. <laughs> wow, Daddy. Snakes and ladders. Are you sure you wouldn't prefer drop the hanky or postman's knock? Oh, no. There aren't enough of us for that. I tell you what, we could have a session of pin the tail on the donkey or how about a peanut hunt? That does it. I'm off home to get a couple of hours sleep. I've done my duty for tonight. Oh. Dad, couldn't we all go to bed? He's sure to sleep now after all this. Oh, who could that be at the door? Disarm. I hope it's the police. They might put you in a nice, cosy cell where you can enjoy your insomnia without bothering us. Uh, who, who, who's there? It's me, Clara. Oh. Oh, Dexter, I'm terribly sorry for calling at this unholy hour, but I saw your light on and I knew that you must be awake with your insomnia, dear. I'm... I'm in a dreadful state. I've got to see Jessie. Well, 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 why, dear? What happened? Last night I had an argument with my husband. We have one every night. <laughs> But last night, last night he threatened to leave me. He does that every night, too. <laughs> but a while ago, Dexter, I woke up suddenly, and I found him gone. Oh, Dexter has left me. Oh, dear. KG, did you hear that? Clara's husband's left him. <laughs> you stupid bird brain. Can't you tell her I'm here? Kimberly! Oh, oh, that, that's right. Uh, he's here. Uh, KG's your husband. Uh, come inside, Clara. Oh, hi, Mrs. Wilmot. Kimberly, what are you doing here? I'm playing cards, dear. Huh? There's nothing I like better than four-handed rummy at 4.30 on Sunday morning. Oh, Clara, you see, I, I, I couldn't sleep and wanted someone to keep me company, so I phoned KG and, well, he kindly agreed to come in. The children came downstairs thinking we were burglars. You see, Clara... Your loving little hubby hasn't flown from the love nest. I'm still your devoted spouse. I hate you. And the sooner you get out of my house and leave, the better I like it. Here we go again. Clara, if you think I won't leave, then let me tell you, I'm getting out just as soon as What's going on down here? Oh, hi, Mum. Children, why are you... Clara, 
Kimberly! Yes, we're all here, Jesse. Come and join the gang. <laughs> Jesse, it's a long story, but, well, it oh, all started please, when I Dexter, couldn't get... Oh, please, don't go into one of your long stories. Can someone tell me briefly what is going on? Yes, Jesse, dear. We're all here to have a party. A wacko party to celebrate Dexter's insomnia. <laughs> Now, Clara, are you sure there's nothing I can take on this picnic? It's not fair for you to supply everything for my hungry family. Oh, Jessie, you supplied dinner last night, dear, for me and my hungry husband, and now it's our turn. Kimberly's packing everything into the car, and there's loads of food. Oh, Mummy, darling, do I look all right in these shorts? Mm, yes, Janie, they look fine for a picnic. Mummy, darling, do I look all right in this moth-eaten house sweater? <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, you look like you always look. Terrible, but you'll do. Right, everyone, the car's packed and rearing to go. Are you Dutton's all ready to leave? Yes, I think we've got everything. Come on, Dexter. We're going now. Dexter, where are you? Dexter! <laughs> oh, no! Apparently, there are many reasons why people cannot sleep at night. And it's safe to say that some of those reasons have something to do with money. Some people cannot sleep soundly because they haven't enough money to do the things they want to do. Others have so much money in the house that they're frightened of fire and burglars. People who save each payday in a Commonwealth Savings Bank account have no cause for sleepless nights. They know that their money is readily available to them whenever they want it. They can get it when a bargain comes along. They can use it to meet an emergency, which simply means that in good times and bad, your Commonwealth Savings Bank account is your constant friend and standby. So don't take risk with your money. Every time you pass a Commonwealth Savings Bank office, ask yourself whether you are carrying more money than you can afford to lose. If you are, slip into the bank, and from then on week by week, bank, Commonwealth. If money can buy it, saving will get it. So thank Commonwealth now. For a car or a bike or just a rainy day. Be sure to save the friendly Commonwealth way. So listen to this advice and start right today to bank Commonwealth save. Commonwealth bank. Life with Dexter is produced by Noel Judd and written by Willie Fennell. And this is John Dunn inviting you to enjoy Life with Dex at the same time next week from this station. And remember, you'll always enjoy life with a Commonwealth Savings Bank account. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for